hello, ladies. Welcome back to another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and this week my guest is Queen Marie. She is on the road to becoming a world-class entertainer and motivational speaker. After experiencing 17 years of homelessness, hunger, and familial abuse, Queen Marie took her life into her own hands and applied to Chapman University. On August 24, 2010, Jasmine moved into her dorm room at Chapman University and officially broke her cycle of homelessness. Today, Jasmine has dedicated her life to helping others overcome life's obstacles to become the best versions of themselves. Her purpose is threefold, to entertain, to inspire, and to end familial homelessness in America. She is the founder of 4B, a blog, but most importantly, a community created to help women reach past their struggles for their goals and dreams. Everybody, please welcome Queen Marie. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, I got goosebumps saying your bio. I cannot believe this. I want to hear your fearless, you're truly a fearless female. I haven't even heard your story, but I need to hear more. Yes. So I grew up homeless for the first 17 years of my life. I started out in Cleveland, Ohio with my mother and my younger brother, Leland. And when I was 13, my mother made the decision to move us here to Orange County, California. In Ohio, homelessness looks like staying with family members for a couple of days or a couple of months at a time, staying in shelters and motels and hotels. Out here in California, homelessness looks like sleeping on park benches, sleeping in storage closets, sleeping on the bus all night, sleeping in front of public libraries because we don't have any family out here. When I reached the age where it was time to start figuring out what I wanted to do with my life, which was, you know, my senior year of high school, I realized that if I continued to stay in this this cycle with my mom and my brother, that I would go nowhere. Uh, A lot of people think that homelessness is just the person that you see at the end of the freeway, you know, panhandling, asking for money. But in reality, there's lots of different faces to homelessness. My mother grew up in an abusive household and she was never able to really work through the trauma that she experienced before having myself and then having my younger brother. And so as things got older and as things progressed, she just got worse and worse. And so I knew that for me, if I wanted to break this cycle of abuse in our family, because my mom was abused and her mom was abused, then I needed to do something different. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Absolutely. I to do something different. So I applied to college solely for the purpose of having a place to live. And fortunately, I was accepted into Chapman University and moved into the dorms on August 24th, 2010. Now, you would think that would be the end of my story that, you know, I'm no longer homeless and now my life has begun and you know, cue the music, cue the score. (laughs) Right. In reality, that brought up a lot more issues for me. The number one thing was my mom and brother were still homeless. So there was a lot of guilt there because I no longer had to think about where I'm going to sleep tonight, where I'm going to eat, what I'm going to eat. I never, I no longer had to deal with, you know, finding a place to wash up I didn't have to deal with any of those issues, but my mom and brother were still struggling through those. Another thing, what do I do with my life now? I spent 17 years homeless, hungry, terrified, 
And now that was all gone. And it was like, I didn't know who I was without being homeless. I didn't know who Jasmine was. I didn't know who, what I wanted to do with my life, who I wanted to be. Instead of dealing with those issues, I decided to bury them, push them down. And I just threw myself into college. I added on two additional majors. So all in all, I had three majors. I started working two jobs. I was involved in lots of different clubs and activities. And I kept telling myself that I was a productive person, that I was doing all this great stuff. But in reality, I was just running away from my trauma. So much to unpack here. I would love to. I would love to just go back and talk a little yes. bit about like, so your mom was living on other people's couches and and just taking, you know, um, space in someone else's home. So when she moved out of Cleveland and took you guys to California, you guys didn't have anywhere to live. You had no family, but she still managed to take you to school every day and your brother? So, I mean, while we did have family members who we could stay with at times, Mm -hmm. our family is not that supportive. Mm. Again, she grew up in an abusive household where, you know, pots and pans were thrown at her head, where Mm. before my grandparents left for the day, they would put a chain and lock a padlock on the refrigerator. Um, Or they will take the phone completely off the hook. This is the type of environment my mother grew up in. So while we did have family and friends who would allow us to stay for one or two days, majority of our time in Ohio was spent sleeping in shelters and motels. So when we moved here, no, we did not have any family. And that was the thing. My mother wanted to escape her family. She thought she could gain a fresh start by not being surrounded by their negativity and their abuse. When we got out here, the thing about it is my mother depended on me to be her support system. She taught me at a very young age how to be that support system, basically how to mother her. So whatever she needed, I was there to pick up the slack for her. When we did panhandle, I did it for her so that she didn't have to feel embarrassed. When we found that we couldn't spend another night and wherever we were, I stayed home from school so that I can move all of our stuff, which was in trash bags, big black trash bags. I can move all of our stuff to wherever it is we were, you know, moving to that next night. So I was pretty independent from a very young age. And so I was the one taking myself to school and she relied on me to help her with my brother and helping him get to school as well. Mm. So talk about like the shelters. Is there like a minimum time frame that you're allowed to stay in the shelter? Yes, there's lots of different shelters. There's emergency shelters and then there's transition transitional shelters. Emergency shelters are if you don't have a place to stay for that night and if they have the room, they will let you stay with them. But it's not ideal. Uh, I don't want to say ideal, but it's not the best situation. For example, here in California, there are emergency shelters that are only open during the winter. And when you walk into these shelters, it's like a huge hangar that's just a wide open space. And they give you a mat and you sleep on the floor, sandwiched in between other homeless people. And as a child, that's just terrifying because there are homeless people who are dealing with lots of different issues such as addiction or mental issues. And so they're yelling, they're screaming, there's fighting going on. And the people who work 
in these shelters. They want to help, but they also not don't really have enough training to exactly to deal with these types of situations. So for example, I can't clean my house now with Lysol because it triggers me to oh gosh. Um, thinking back on, you know, when I was in those shelters and they were spraying Lysol as much as possible to cover up the smell, the rooms. And then there's transitional shelters where they have this program that they want you to work in. It's set amount of time, let's say three, four, five months, where they say, if you work this program, by the time you work this program, you should be able to have your own housing. In three um, to four months? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What does the program and consist of? It consists of lots of therapy and lots of budgeting and lots of just controlling of you as a person, in this case, my mother as a person, and telling you what you should and you shouldn't do to, you know, raise the money that you need to be able to find your own housing when you leave their place. And for a lot of people that works, but then for a lot of people like my mother being controlled in that way and being told, you know, and and being made to feel inhuman, Mm -hmm. like you're incapable has the opposite effect. Yeah. And so most of the shelters that we stayed in, in Ohio and here in California, never amounted to much. It was just a reprieve from having to sleep on the streets. And did they ever separate in the shelters, like the men and the females, like for protection? You know, obviously you wouldn't want your children to be around someone who's mentally, a a male who's mentally unstable that might want to take advantage of your children or yourself. Do they do that? In transitional housing, transitional housing is always, is always separated, but for emergency shelters, like the one I just described here in California, no. Mm. Everyone is in that big, large room together. Oh, no. And how about food? Do they feed you there? Yes, they do. So a lot of the times, food and things like toiletries and clothing are always donated from other people or from restaurants, etc. So yes, food is definitely a part of a part of those programs. So I could see how like on August 24th, you were like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be my biggest change in life. And I'm so excited. I now have a place to sleep on, you know, a bed and a room of my own and a closet of my own. Like you said, I don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from or where I can go in and rinse off. But you still have that feeling as you're laying in bed on that first night where my mom and brother sleeping. Exactly. Because you you can't exactly like be super excited because now in the back of your mind, you're thinking like, well, where are they? And how, and since your mom has had so much, you know, relied on you And now you're no longer there. Like who's going to take care of your brother and who's going to take care of your mom. So I can see how like that wasn't the best. I mean, it was the best, but it was bittersweet. Definitely. Definitely. And then on top of that, trying to deal with what it is, what, what am I going to do now? When you get to college, you are bombarded with lots of different social justice issues and things that are going on in the world. And it's like I had been living in my own little bubble. All I knew was that I was Jasmine. I was homeless, you know, had learned how to navigate that. But now people were looking at me as not Jasmine, the homeless person, but Jasmine, the Black woman 
or Jasmine, the lower class woman, because, you know, Chapman was a, a predominantly upper class university. Now it's dealing with all of these different social justice issues that I had no idea who, what, when, hit, where, or how, and trying to navigate who I am, figuring that out and figuring out these social justice issues and, you know, trying to be there for my mother and brother as much as I possibly can, while also trying to build a life for myself and figure out my future. <laughs> I'm sure it was a lot. Like, I mean, I just think back to like me going to college myself and, you know, you start talking to your roommate and you're like, so what do you do? Where you come from? And it's like to have to have that conversation on the first day with your brand new roommate who is exactly. 18 years old and has no clue, you know, of what it would be like to be homeless or have to figure out where your next meal is. It's a lot to carry on your own, on your own. And then to have to figure out who you are as a, a young adult and what you want to do for the rest of your life. And not only that, but how are you going to help others, especially your mom and your brother? This episode is sponsored by CoachSnap. Are you looking for an all-in-one platform to help you build your coaching business? then you need CoachSnap. It allows you to schedule appointments, collect payments, train and support all of your clients' needs. Health, fitness, hockey, football, or even life coaches can use CoachSnap. It's the business platform that will help you be the best coach you can be. So tell us about how you came about 4B. So I came to 4B because like I said, I had ran away from my trauma and pushed it down and at the time that felt like the best thing for me to do because it felt like I was at least able to float and, you know, I was at least able to get through life day by day. But what I want your listeners to know is that when you push down your trauma and you bury your trauma, it never stays buried and it always manifests its life it, itself in your life in some way, shape or form. And it's never in a good way. And so for me, that became me taking my younger brother in and becoming his legal guardian the summer before I graduated. That, that is awesome. Like me moving into a apartment after leaving school with this 16-year-old trying to raise him, trying to start my life and feeling absolutely lost. It led to me being depressed in bed with the covers over my head, mm. not wanting to end my life, but getting close to it, not wanting to do anything, self-sabotaging, not taking care of myself, not eating, not showering, led to me just overworking myself to a point where my body just broke down. And when you're in bed sleeping and not we're out working and doing what you need to do to pay the bills, the bills don't get paid. Yeah. And so at the end of 2019, I actually was evicted from my apartment. I found myself homeless again, repeating the cycle. You know, you had adopted your brother and now you have this apartment. Was your mom living with you at the time or where did she go? No. So my relationship with my mom was definitely scarred after I moved into the dorm rooms at Chapman mm. because she felt like I had abandoned her. Again, remember, my mother deals with mental health issues. And so I was her meal ticket. I started working at the age of 14, helping her pay the bills. And when I moved to college, it was just like she felt like I had abandoned her. So our relationship took a turn for the worse then. And the way I came about actually becoming my younger brother's guardian was he was staying with me for the weekend 
during spring break in 2014. And I liked giving him that opportunity to just have a break from homelessness and to just, you know, be a kid. So I would order pizza, we would watch movies and just hang out on campus. She came and picked him up early. He didn't want to go. So I didn't open my door for her. However, we had just ordered a pizza. And when the delivery guy arrived, I had to, you know, open the door for him. And in that moment, she burst through the door and physically attacked me right there in front of the Pizza Hut guy, in front Uh. of my younger brother. And that's when it all had came to a hilt in my eyes. Because when I saw the look in my brother's eyes, I knew that I couldn't let this continue, especially for him. He needed his cycle broken and he needed help. And I didn't want him to continue seeing this from her. So that's when we started the process of guardianship. And when that happened, she cut us off completely because she was upset and deserved. I mean, not deservedly, but understandably. So, you know, she, if you look at it from her point of view, she's always had her children with her. One abandons her and then the other one is taken from her in her eyes. It's, it's understandable how she could be upset, but my only goal was to help my brother see that, you know, this life wasn't the life that he needed to live and that there were other options for him. Absolutely. So now you started 4B, the blog, and that's where you would just write out everything. Yes. So that's where I learned that everything happens for a reason. And I think our purpose is found in our trauma and the things that we have gone through because it allows us to help people on a deeper level, when we can tell people, well, I have been through this and I have come out on the other side and let me show you how I can do that. So 4B is all about me showing other queens like you, yourself and myself, that where you are right now, what you're going through right now, whether it's addiction, whether it's abuse, whether it's just you need, you're not making enough money um, or your relationships aren't going the way you want them to. That's not the end all be all. And there is a, a, another side, a way out of that. And so for b the tagline is step into the queen you're meant to be. And my goal is to show women how to reach past their struggles for their goals and their dreams. Mm, that's amazing. So when you got evicted from that apartment, what happened to you then after that? So by this time, Leland was already over the age of 18. So he moved in with a friend and I was homeless in a Motel 6 with our two cats. And so I had this plan that I needed to, uh, that I thought I could work. At the time I was a full-time rideshare driver. And so I thought I could just work and save up the money so that I can find a new apartment before the eviction showed up on our credit report and that, you know, I can find a new place for us to live in two months. That was not possible when I was staying in a Motel 6 with that $600 a week with two cats. Again, I was still thinking about, you know, my brother. I was thinking about, uh, I was still in the same mindset that I was before, you know, not think, not really thinking things through just action. You know, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. In reality, what I needed was to stop, take a second, breathe, and actually think through 
what I have been doing and make the changes that I needed to make. Again, like I said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I was not going to change my situation or break the cycle if I continue to think and do the things that I had done that had got me to where I was at that point. I took accountability. I found myself living in a car um, at the height of the global pandemic where, you know, I was quarantined in this car 24-7. And I'm sorry, but this is going to get a little graphic. There was no place for me to go to use the restroom. There was no place for me to go to wash up. So I had to go to the 99 cent store and buy a bowl and like just buy some distilled water. And that's what I used to, I used one bowl to wash up and I used one bowl as a toilet. When I was sitting here doing these things in this rented Toyota Corolla, it just hit me that this is not the life that I want to live. This is not the life that I should be living and that there's more out there. And I know that I can reach that more. (laughs) And so that night I sat down and I really was truthful with myself. I wrote a list of the decisions that I had made that got me to where I was. And I wrote a list of the things that make me happy. And from that list, I created a set of goals. And from that point, I decided that I was going to give up that car and that I was going to work a plan for six weeks to make as much money as I possibly could and save every single dime of it, not spend any of that money. In that six weeks, I would sleep on the ground outside of a a church, because at the time I felt me being outside by myself was safer than me being in an emergency shelter, sleeping on the floor on mats um, in such close proximity with other people. So it worked out. I, it just turns out that I was able to go back to work right after I made this plan. And within five weeks, a week before my goal, I found a home and moved in on June 19th. 2020. And from then on, using the tools that I used to completely flip my life upside down in the positive, I have been sharing those tools on 4B and through my socials to help other women reach past their struggles for their goals. That is amazing, Jasmine, because it really takes so much strength and both mentally and physically to get out of that deep dark pit of despair. And I can totally imagine you in that apartment, just feeling like a failure and just feeling just completely out of sorts and sad. And I mean, depression is something that should be taken more seriously because it can paralyze you to the point where you just don't even, like you said, want to take a shower or get up or, or clean yourself. Like, um, and I think the biggest part of homelessness has to do with mental health and drugs, of course. But I think a big factor of it is, you know, people don't understand that a lot of you're one decision away from being homeless, one medical bill away from being homeless. You're one eviction away from being homeless. You're one divorce away from being homeless. Like it can happen to anyone. And, you know, I always think to myself, like the different mentality of someone who is homeless and on the street is different from a person who's successful and, you know, living their, their best life. And it really does have to start with how we think about ourselves and, you know, changing your thought process and saying no more. I am going to make a list of what makes me happy. I'm going to make a list of what things I did in the past that didn't help me. 
That is mm-hmm. huge. It's huge. And I'm so excited that you finally are out of that situation, that you are on the path to creating a change. Not only in you've changed the generational curse in your family, but the change in other people's families that you're going to, I think, as a speaker and as an entertainer, you are going to touch so many lives. And yes, your story didn't happen for nothing. It happened for a reason. I'm just so thankful that you are not sitting in your story anymore. You're not in a car. You're not somewhere on a church, you know, stoop. You are in a home. You have a bed to sleep on. You have running water. I'm just like so thankful, so thankful to, you know, that you are there. So as we wrap up this episode, what would be your nugget of wisdom for anyone who might be listening, who is either suffering from depression or who is looking to change their family, you know, generational curse, what would you say to them? I would say to them that selfishness is not a bad thing. Taking care of yourself and putting yourself first, I think is the something that a lot of people take for granted and forget to actually do. And so I would say, make yourself your number one priority. And if it starts with just getting up and taking a shower one day, that is a huge leap. And I think never having zero days, that also helped me. That goes along with the shower thing. If you if you wake up in the morning and you just know that this is not going to be the day for you, at least try to take a shower. That way you've done something that day. When it comes to breaking your generational curses, focus on you. Something I always ask the people that I work with is, when's the last time you've done something you love? The last time you spent a day doing something that you enjoy doing? So often we get so caught up in the things that life has thrown our way that we forget about ourselves. If you keep withdrawing from an ATM and not putting anything in it, eventually you're going to run out of money. Yeah. So I would always say my nugget of wisdom for you is selfishness is not a bad thing. Focus on you, make yourself your priority. And if you can't do anything at all, focus on not, not having a zero day, just get up and do one thing whether that's taking care of yourself or just eating or just taking a shower. I love it. So how can my audience find you, Queen Marie? You can find me on Instagram at Miss Jasmine Marie. The website is 4B.net. You can also find me on TikTok and Twitter. The handle is the same, Miss Jasmine Marie. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you, Queen. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. If you love this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. You can find me on the internet at fearlessfemale.com, on Facebook, the Fearless Female Movement, on Instagram at Fearless Female Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And ladies, remember, we have the power to rise and face everything. Until next week, goodbye.